Welcome to another episode of Weezer Has Turned and Left Us Here. I'm hey. uh, I'm Matt. Hey, I'm Sarah. And we're uh, back. We're back. We're here after. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying, but <laughs> it's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah, well. yeah. You guys, for you guys, you, you had a new episode last week and a mini episode the week before. So yeah, yeah. But we talk about Weezer here, in case you didn't know from the title and the logo, and <laughs> subscribing to us for some reason. Yeah, yeah. We talk yeah. about how uh, Weezer is weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, pretty much. But uh, um, before we get into the whole Weezerness, why don't you talk about your weirdness? <laughs> yeah, because so we were supposed to record. So first of all, we have a guest today who we'll introduce in a minute. Um, we were supposed to record last Thursday. It's now Monday that we're recording this, just so people know. We were supposed to record like four days ago. <clears throat> and <laughs> I I got home from work at like, yeah, like six o'clock or six. It was closer to like 6.30. And I was like, okay, I had my Del Taco. I was like, I have like... 30 minutes to eat before the podcast and I walked in the door and I noticed my cat was at the window in the living room and I saw a little like bug flying around him I was like oh god there's a bug in my apartment and I looked closer and it was a bee and I was like oh no how did a bee get in here and then I noticed there were like 15 bees on my window inside my apartment (laughs) and I looked out the window well I probably screamed or something and then I looked (laughs) out my window and there were like there's like a swarm of bees flying around the tree out there so and my cats were having the time of their life they were like yay bugs (laughs) I was like no they're gonna sting you like they weren't scared of them at all because they love bugs so I was freaking out and I had to call my land. Well, then I, I texted you first, I believe, because I was like, yeah. hey, I can't record. I have bees. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you tell Noah that uh, we can't? Oh, yeah. I, I felt really bad because like we don't always have guests. So if it was just us, it wouldn't have been a problem. But and, and the bees that were in my living room, they were on the window. So they weren't even flying around that much. They were just like mostly at the window. What I found out later is that if there's a queen outside, they're pretty loyal to the queen. So they're not going to fly around your apartment like they just wanted to get out. They, they somehow crawled in through a crack in the window, like at the top of the window. Because I live in a very <laughs> expensive and crappy old building. <laughs> Thank you, Pasadena. Um, and by the way, I'm moving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not because Congrats. of this, actually, oddly enough. I'm sure that um, didn't hurt, though. No, because I was like feeling a little bit sad about moving because I like a lot about this place. And then I walked in and there were bees and it's like, I'm, I'm done. Um, <clears throat> long story short, the bees are gone now. Um, they were killed, I believe, even though I told the landlord to get some place that would relocate them. And he's like, oh, they don't kill the bees. And then they killed the bees. So, yeah, we have a bee shortage and I didn't help it. Um, or my landlord didn't help it, I should say. Um, but the bees are gone. So, so now so we, we can, can record. record. <laughs> the, the main thing was that we just didn't want the buzzing in the background, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's It would have hurt the audio. <laughs> there was a lot of buzzing. It was quite loud and that's scary. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but how's your week been? Has it been 
It's been bee free. I, <laughs> I there's no no bees in in the house. The cats are fine. Uh, yeah, I haven't really done much. Just uh, recording this right before the Fourth of July, so I'm trying to get all of this stuff ready for uh, for work before <laughs> the long weekend mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized that Thursday's the Fourth of July and that I have that day off, and I was really excited. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Not because yeah. I have any plans, but because I really want to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, just been, I've been playing soccer. I played Did soccer you hurt today. Yourself? Nope, no injuries. That's wow. My number one goal these days is uh, to not get hurt. Was that um, a pun? Your number one goal? Uh, <laughs> though today, I mean, I don't want to brag, but in my recreational pickup game, I had the best nutmeg of my life. What's a nutmeg? It's where you kick the ball between the person's legs. And oh. it's the most embarrassing thing. I think I told you, but it's the most embarrassing thing that can happen to you on a soccer field. <laughs> I did like behind, like, dragged it behind my leg and th- kicked it between his legs and he was the <laughs> cockiest guy on the field and he was like this 17 year old kid that was like playing way too hard for recreational thought you were gonna say it was rivers <laughs> no, no that would have been great no but the, the, like the kid just like his head just like dropped and like he almost left the field i was like yes <laughs> but yeah so I'm, I'm bragging about that thing that no one else cares about but that's, I that's like my nutmeg, week. but in in the form of baking it's good for baking it's, it's a little spice um, yeah, but should we should we get to our episode and introduce our guest? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, so I'll explain how we got in contact with him. But uh, this is a he's the sports editor at w- WTOP FM in Washington, D.C. Um, he used to run the social media for the Washington Nationals. And the reason we're talking to him is he wrote an article called Say It Ain't So Weezer's Landmark Blue Album Turns 25. Ooh. And uh, he's uh, Noah Frank. Welcome. What's up, guys? Hey. Yeah. hey, thanks for joining us and for rescheduling because of my bees. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to have a national podcast instead of a Weezer podcast with the get, get, get carried away by a swarm of bees. But uh, <laughs> happy to talk about that band as well, if that's, you know. <laughs> well, yes, I'm sure we'll end up talking about a lot of bands because you reference a lot of bands in your article. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess tell us about your history with Weezer. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I was a, a kid growing up. I'm, I'm 36, so I was uh, okay. 11 in 1994, um, and definitely that was sort of like a, a huge year. It was like the first year I started buying records, and uh, I remember buying like Offspring Smash and <laughs> uh, Dookie and uh, the first Foo Fighters album, and just like like uh, even like into like 95, like Oasis, and I remember that like. I remember listening to the singles of Weezer at that point, but I didn't really get that deep into the Blue Album at that time, outside of like the three main radio singles. Um, the the thing that really sticks out to me the most in terms of like visceral memories with that album was actually in college. Uh, I was we, we would play like uh, poker games. It was right like when the poker boom was happening and everyone was playing <laughs> yeah. poker games, and so I remember one of my co-workers at the radio station that I worked at in Santa Barbara, which was uh, 92.9 KJEE, uh, Santa Barbara's Modern Rock. <laughs> um, we would, uh, we played at his house. He was like the street team guy on like, he was like the, you know, like the man on the street guy that like the morning show would send out to like, you know, uh-huh. em- embarrass himself publicly or whatever. Oh, and um, he was, he was just like a really, really nice guy and so he, he was able to sort of play that role okay because like no one would be mad at him for you know like the whatever hijinks they sent him to um 
And anyways, at his poker game, he would always have music on in the background. It was like a very, very extremely low stakes poker game. Like, I mean, I think <laughs> no more than $10, right, yeah. that anyone was in for. Um, but I remember like one of the mainstays. Yeah, I hear that much, FBI. Don't come after him for his. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, right. There, there was no rake. There was no house rake. There's nothing illegal <laughs> happening. It was all just between friends. Um, anyway, so he... Uh, He'd play music, you know, just a variety of stuff in the background, but it seemed like every week the Blue Album would be playing. Mm. And so we just had these, like, you know, you would you would listen to it as it's going on in the background, like, over and over and over again, you know, like, once a week, basically, for months as an adult. And one, it was the album that everybody, like, everybody was good with. Like, it didn't matter what else came on. Like, everybody was happy that the Blue Album would come on, which is, I think, rare for 12 people in any group that yeah. they're all kind of on yeah. board and two, like I started really getting more into the other tracks. Like I hadn't really listened to the full album until then, um, and so I, I think I gained a better appreciation for, um, for you know, for the not singles and for and for for just how well crafted every every single track of it is, uh, and how you know that was almost ten years after, so you know nine or ten years after it had come out, how it still felt so much, it still felt very present in a way that mm-hmm. a lot of the that old, the music of that era I you know I was not listening to Dookie anymore <laughs> like I like I loved Dookie dearly as a 12 year old but like I don't like I don't I'm never spin Dookie now or or even 10 years ago or 15 years ago um yeah that Dookie was the first CD that I bought <laughs> yeah I and, mean it was that was and I, I knew every single word all the songs and now I look back I'm like wow I should not have been listening to that when I was <laughs> so young <laughs> yeah that, I did not know what that meant I, I I knew the words but I don't think I knew the words <laughs> yeah. uh, for all the songs but yeah like I mean I grew up in Berkeley California and so like Ooh. that was like I mean, Green Day was playing like down the street, you know, and, and sort of blowing up at that time. Um, oh, yeah. You you mentioned that you were in Santa Barbara. Did you go to UC Santa Barbara? I did. Uh, okay, not, I did, too. Only, not only. <laughs> yeah. So I so I, I listened to your first episode. So I discovered oh, yeah. not only did we both go to UC Santa Barbara, but you were stalking me evidently in the film program because I was a <laughs> film major at UC Santa Barbara. Wait, wait you're, so you're a couple years older than me. So you did you graduate in 2000? Uh, 2005? 2005, yeah. That's interesting because I know... I'm trying to think if I know anyone class of 05. Yeah, I think I did. Wait, uh, <laughs> should I just name drop people? We're, and- we're going to play the UC name game, which, by the way, <laughs> before you start, I, I this is this is the, the hilarious thing. Whenever you grow up in California, like everybody knows everybody at different UCs. And so it's like, oh, you went to UC San Diego. I know five people at UC San Diego. Here, let me list them. And it's always, I've never heard of them. 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 And they dated my roommate. That's how it works. It's like automatically. The UCSB film program was so small. Yeah. I feel like I... I mean, 2000, class of 05. I mean, did you know anyone named Josie? Yeah. She might have been 06. Oh, you might have known. I think so. <laughs> That's so interesting. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll give last names later when yeah, we're right, done yeah. recording. Because I don't know, I don't know, the, you know if you're supposed to do that on a podcast. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if these people that you haven't seen in 15 years. Or- <laughs> well, it's funny because our last episode with a guest was yeah. somebody who Matt didn't know in person necessarily or had the same high school yeah they went to the same high school and they went to like the The same same, we graduated the same year they went to the same concerts they didn't really know each other and i'm just like i I haven't been to new mexico (laughs) so now now (laughs) Now turning the tables well Um, this honestly like this is so weird because this happened to be this week where i or i guess was it was last week i was doing a this big feature piece on just I'll briefly summarize. There's this like new pro swimming league. Anyway, huh. it's 
they're using all the you know all the like famous swimming people from the olympics and so like the one of the women who's swimming on our team in dc is natalie coughlin who's like one of the most or coughlin was one of the most like famous swimmers in like american history she's won like 12 medals and she and i went to high school together huh. but we never knew each other we went to high school together we were one year apart and never knew each other know a ton of the same people and so like i was interviewing her now like 20 20 years later and i was like hi we actually went to high school together uh, not that that matters but uh i just wanted to make this conversation more awkward before we start the interview it's like hey do you remember mr smith yeah english well yeah because especially we were talking about on our on our last episode with our guest um that because uh, Matt, you and Pete went to high school together, but like high school was such a big, at least for uh, all of us, there were like 600 people in our graduating yeah. class, but the film program at UCSB was so small. Like, I don't know if it's smaller than that, but I feel like I knew everyone, at least everyone who was involved in production, maybe. Did you ever take the, <laughs> sorry, this is the UCSB, like, gaucho, this is the gaucho podcast. Um, did you ever take the 106 class with yes. Dana? Yeah. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> I, I. I mean, I took basically everything. Like, I t- did you take all the film theory classes with the crazy like Russians uh-huh. and everything? Yeah, I mean, like uh, it's. I didn't take. Well, I took. Yeah, I think we. One ninety two A, one ninety two B. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just checking my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. We'll have to chat more about uh, UCSB later because this yeah. is a Weezer podcast. Well, um, well, and of course, we're, neither of us are the most famous film major from UCSB. I know. Who Wait, is, of who course, are you thinking of? Jack Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I was thinking. Oh, he he actually came into our um our one hundred six class. Was he wearing shoes? I don't remember, but it was Highly just so unlikely. funny. <laughs> it was funny because like we were all sitting there, like it's a pretty small class, and Dana like isn't doesn't make a big deal about it at all. But he's like, so this is Jack Johnson, blah 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 blah, and like doesn't even like you know, and Jack Johnson is such a common name, you're not like thinking it's anyone. And we were all sitting there listening to him like talk about his experience in doing 106 and like filmmaking, and then one of my friends like raises his hand and he's like. I'm sorry, what'd you say your name was? And he's like, Jack Johnson. And my friend's like, oh my God, I, I know all your songs on guitar. And we're like, oh wait, this is the Jack Johnson. So, so and of course, KJEE was the first station to play him. The one that I worked really? out in, in, in college. It was, it was literally as high atop the Goodwill building in downtown Santa Barbara, which meant it was on top of the Goodwill store <laughs> on the second floor in like an apartment. Uh, and yeah, and so like, because they were the first ones to put him on the radio, he there was a signed guitar of his wow. in, in the studio and it was in a little lock but the lock didn't work and i don't know if they knew that but we used to pop it out of the lock and play it like <laughs> in between songs and stuff so uh sorry about that uh i'm sure that the guitar is still not there but uh if it is it has my fingerprints all over it wow so, the, so this might have been was this before or after curious george oh this is way before way before mm-hmm. like uh well, i was wondering when he popped into the class Oh, yeah. That might have been after. I don't know. But, yeah, it's funny because I was never a big Jack Johnson fan. I mean, I thought his songs were fine. I just, you know, I wasn't, like, super into his music. But every so often, because I, you know, I go back. You're not a to surf. <laughs> yeah, no. And, like, but I go back to Santa Barbara, like, maybe once a year if I'm lucky. Once every other year. And I just, I feel like I want to listen to Jack Johnson because it just reminds <laughs> me. Of, I just love Santa Barbara and it reminds me of that. So Yeah, it was the soundtrack of my freshman year, basically. I yeah. mean, like, that was when Brush Fire Fairy Tales came out. And that mm. it was, you know, he, it was, like, national, but it, had, it was local first. And, yeah, it was crazy. So. That and Sublime. Santa oh, Barbara. God, yeah. So <laughs> much yeah. Sublime. When you were talking about it, the poker game where everybody, you know, could agree on the Blue Album, I was saying, like, when you go to, like, college parties, it was Sublime was the one that... Yeah. 
for some reason every single party sublime was playing do you guys that remember was the one people could agree on do you remember pepper oh mm. kind i think I pepper was like was like discount sublime and they they came along <laughs> like late in my college and career and they were just like just an even worse version it was you know people inspired by sublime you know what i mean and so like we just couldn't escape it like sublime tailed off in like 2004 and then like pepper was on the radio like, oh god doing this again that's the, the, so funny there was one this is a another digression digression but one one of one of my friends cage who listens to all the episodes hey, uh, cage. me and him his birthday is two days after mine so the day mm-hmm. between we always go and do something and uh one year we went my sister-in-law got us tickets to the snoop dog blaze to confuse tour <laughs> and uh we you know we being young people decided to uh go there in uh you know we we we, we were fitting in with everybody uh beforehand <laughs> and uh, i'm pretty sure pepper was there and i'm 100 percent sure that we got lost on the way to the venue, even though it was, it's a what, like there's one road to get there. And I've been there a million times but for some reason. <laughs> we weren't very good. Yeah. We, we, for some reason we, we got lost. I don't know why going to the blazed and confused tour. <laughs> it's amazing that anybody makes it. <laughs> yeah. I got, so, I saw so many people get arrested for smoking there. I'm like, really? At this <laughs> yeah, one? Come on. You're going to call it that. Then you have to allow for it. <laughs> like, like Snoop Dogg's on stage with a bunch of plants. <laughs> Like, like and he's smoking. It's like, come on, you can't arrest the guy sitting in the grass seats that you know, no pun intended, that uh, just bought like twenty dollar tickets to hang out. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Pepper. I'm pretty sure that if they weren't there, then five other bands that sounded exactly like them were. I don't remember Pepper, but I also don't know a lot of band names. I can. I've just like I heard that somewhere. I'm sure I've heard their songs if you were to play them for me. Um, yeah, I, mean, I couldn't what, tell you what they are now, but like I just you, know what they were then. So. I was really. Oh no, this would have been after you graduated, I guess, because there was a Weezer show in Santa Barbara in I want to say 2006 because I was taking 106 at the time. I remember that, and but I had just like started kind of like it took me like two full years to start making friends at UCSB. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, I wanted to go, but I didn't have a car and I didn't feel like asking anyone to drive me. And then I found out a bunch of people went and I could have gone. <laughs> but was it at the, the, was it the bowl? It, probably. Yeah. 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 I got, oh. So I got to see a lot. I never saw them there, but I saw a ton of great shows at the bowl because mm. we would sponsor a bunch of shows at the bowl. Like we sponsored a Jack Johnson show. So I get oh. to like meet and greet with Jack Johnson and like do that whole thing. And uh I remember actually probably I don't know if it still stands up but definitely for a long time what I would consider the best show I ever saw like live which was really surprising because I was not particularly into either the opener or the main act but I got free <laughs> tickets and I was like okay cool and I went with a friend we saw uh till like a half full Santa Barbara Bowl uh Stereo Lab and Air played and they were unbelievable they were so good they were so much better than i had any possible (laughs) expectation for them to be that it was just one of those like i guess we're doing this on like a wednesday night and then like you walk out of there and you're like not talking for like 10 minutes because you're still just processing everything you know uh yeah that was an incredible show um that's I saw the best kind of surprise. Yeah, like, I saw Beck there. He put mm. on a pretty good show. I saw, man, where are the other big ones? I don't know. The, the bowl is great. And then we had like Velvet Jones downtown, which I think RIP now. I don't think it's still there Oh, anymore. I never went. I didn't really go anywhere because I didn't have a car till my senior year. And I guess I just didn't want to ask people to drive me around. Or 
I don't know. Maybe or I just like. Or take the bus. Or <laughs> you take, can take the, the bus. bus. I, I took the bus a lot, but only to go to like Vaughn's. That was like my big <laughs> trek. Or I would go downtown sometimes if I'm like, I'm going to take the day and just go walk around downtown. But I'd always go by myself. I don't know. I was I was a weird person. Um, was. Oh, God. <laughs> um. But, well, be, before Sarah spirals into shame, uh, let's get back. I'm going to yeah, kind of yeah. drag yeah. us back to Weezer yes, a little bit. Um, so, Noah, did you. After the Blue Album, or did you ever get into the other stuff? Did you get into Pinkerton, anything, uh, you know, post-Green Album? Yeah, I mean, I definitely listened to Pinkerton, and I owned Pinkerton at some point on on CD. And uh, one of my good friends in San Francisco was, like, really into Pinkerton. And, and, like, you know, it was a huge sort of evangelist for, for Pinkerton <laughs> and uh and I could never quite get on board like I, I mean I got it mm. to, to a degree and it's not like brooding melancholy music is is something I don't you know enjoy uh I listened to a ton of Nick Drake and Elliot mm. Smith in college <laughs> and then transitioned into everyone Death did Cab. though <laughs> yeah right yeah. I mean like 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 you know late or early 2000s death cab and then like like i mentioned the national earlier like that's probably mm. the band that i listen to the most regularly still so it's not like not like i'm opposed to the sort of uh introspective uh you know types of of sounds on on pinkerton but it just didn't i don't know it didn't resonate with me personally the same way um and I, I think it has to hit you at like the right yeah. time of your life because i don't yeah. think i think i'm kind of the same way where like i like it you know it's pretty good but i it never i think when i heard it finally probably you know probably in college it just didn't hit me in the right Ooh, part of my life I'm, I'm the opposite i was like always that angsty and it was just right there waiting for me <laughs> i think it got me at a weird juncture a little too early almost because because mm. i what year did it did pinkerton come out 96 mm, yeah i mean so i'm still i was still like 14 13 14 i remember getting it like fairly I, I owned it you know in its in its sort of heyday yeah. and i wasn't quite there yet i think on a lot of it and then maybe if i'd heard it later uh, it would have it would have resonated more but yeah because uh, i definitely didn't i didn't hear it until because i didn't hear it when it came out but i heard it probably when i was in high school late high school i would say so that was like the right time i think 17 oof rough year <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i had a major musical transformation at 17 for sure i mm. used to listen to a lot of pop punk like in like i was a cross country and track runner and all of the, that team that's like what everybody listened to and so like we were you were just absorbed in that world and then i like you know heard some stuff that was really different than that and then and kind of that was like the elliot smith like you know hard veer off the road yeah. into the forest kind of thing and uh it's the best uh, place to cross country run yeah yeah exactly uh but yeah i mean that was i remember that 17 it was like 2000 2001 it was like where i kind of there was a lot of really bad music on the radio mm. that was like prime lincoln park like yeah. uh you know everything from like puddle of mud and like, <laughs> uh, i'm trying yeah. to think of like what were the, what, limp biscuit yeah uh, limp biscuit rock right, right. these like, are like the worst band names too puddle oh, yeah. of mud limp biscuit so oh. gross I mean, and they were associated with each other too stained yeah, i saw yeah. all stained. those stained. I saw all those bands when i was in high school oh my god there every was, single one rammstein there was uh, I there was <laughs> i was driving with my best friend and i and senior year of high school and that stained song the the, the one you know the one that everyone been knows. a while yeah right oh, yeah so that so that song comes on and we're like oh my god please stop like this song's 
literally everywhere so we click over to the second station and it's on it and on. we're like okay so we click over to like the third station that we don't really listen to that much and it's on and we're like this is this is ridiculous so we click over to like there's like a, a popular like high school station in that area that like the high school kids run and and we're like we like never listen to this we click over and it's on we went through four straight stations and that song was on and i was just you like went to the classical station and it was on yeah right i was i was like i'm never listening to the radio again basically until i start working in it again in like two years but it was it spent 16 weeks at number one on the hot modern rock charts track yeah, yeah great i yeah, can probably tra- tell you which 16 chart. weeks that those were too yeah <laughs> the 16 weeks you stopped listening to the radio yeah it, it it never hit number one on the hot 100 it only hit mm. number five mm. somehow even though i remember that song just being everywhere yeah yeah it's funny because again i don't know the names of songs or, like i can't always remember what a song sounds like uh from just the name of it if yeah. I've just been hearing on the radio, but when you started singing it, it was like, oh my God, it all came back. It's like a visceral reaction. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I want to tell one thing. It's somewhat, it, it is Santa Barbara related, but I swear it's related to Weezer. Um, <laughs> no, just uh, my freshman year in the dorms, everyone was into like Usher and um, what's that other that other group that the hey ya people yeah i was outcast. about to say outcast uh-huh, outcast yeah that was like usher and do you like... refer to outcast as the hey ya group <laughs> <laughs> i know i can't remember I, this, this podcast doesn't come in in atlanta right <laughs> <laughs> no but just because everyone like knew i hated that song so they'd always play it i had horrible friends um but i remember because i came in you know loving like weezer and jimmy Eat world and i remember one of my friends in the dorms i like gave her the um jimmy Eat world's uh, bleed american album and she loved it. She's like, oh, I didn't know they did songs other than the middle. Or she didn't say it like that, but it's like, oh, I, these songs are all even better than the middle. And I was like, oh, maybe you'll like Weezer too. And I gave her like, I think the Blue Album and Pinkerton and she, it just never clicked with her. And I just really liked Pinkerton at that time and I couldn't get anyone to like, <laughs> like it. Yeah, that, I could imagine just like with the songs that were popular at that point that Pinkerton yeah. is very not that like yeah yeah like the black eyed peas like mm-hmm. bursting out of the scene and then like try to feed them like <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, I could see that not yeah. flying it's in santa barbara yeah and it wasn't the right like time and it wasn't the right place really um yeah. i, I don't know right maybe in like the right maybe in like <laughs> portland or something they would have been like yeah this is great or were, i don't know were you you were 06 or 07 07 so you did you miss jimmy Eat world play the hub I think they what? played. The, they played the hub. They played the hub. It was either my freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There was well, like yeah, four hundred people. Wouldn't... Like, I mean, it's it was crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm really mad now. I didn't even yeah. know that happened. Yeah. That was the hub. Was our? It was on campus. It was like, like the, like the student lower medium building. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, yeah, but yeah, but like the lower floor where like the student council people like give up this like stand up to give speeches to nine yeah. people. You know, like <laughs> like it's literally there's like a, D, a DDR machine and like a Wendy's yeah. and like yeah. forty chairs. Uh, I can picture yeah. that at the yeah. college I briefly went to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm really mad, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember seeing anyone cool at the hub. I know I saw some shows, like not that they were bad or anything, but. I don't remember there being anyone really big. It was mostly like local bands, I think. Yeah, I mean that again. Think if you consider the timeline, you know, it was like 2002. Mm-hmm. They caught like they booked them before they oh. exploded, and then they'd exploded, but they're already booked, you know, and like oh, man. Oh, just jam you <laughs> on in here, the booking, you know. 
I think the, the tickets were like ten bucks, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're still. What the cool thing is that they're still playing. I I still I've never seen Jimmy Eat World, and I know they do sometimes play at the Santa Barbara Bowl. I don't. I I mean I think they played around here too, but I would love to I'm just sure they go. Played in L.A. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it'd be really cool to see them at like at the Santa Barbara Bowl or some smaller venue. I don't know. Not that it's like tiny, but yeah, uh, it's like we we're talking about all those. Uh, crappy groups we can go, just go ahead and say it if you're a puddle of mud fan and you're listening then i mean come on you you, you know what everyone thinks of them um but it's you know that was kind of like the two generations of bands after like the blue album yeah. and i think kind of like jimmy world was like one of the first and then you kind of mentioned yeah. in your article about how uh it went kind of went like to grunge and mm-hmm. then uh, and then we went to the blue album where i think you wrote or you wrote it was the broader wave of new music that crashed onto the shores uh of our, oh, I, I don't know how to read. In 1994, that took alternative into the mainstream, and I think it's pretty interesting to see how, like, you know, Weezer was one of those bands at the time, uh, live, you know, Silverchair maybe, like those kind of bands, mm. and then how that all evolved into all the music that when we're five years older, we're like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it it really, I mean, it's split, right? There was that, it just everything got sort of like loud and like. I, I, there was that just that horrible like rap rock crossover where it was yeah it was like we heard Rage Against of, the Machine and we're not that talented <laughs> yeah yeah and it just I, yeah right like the, the, it lost all of the sort of like the melodic hooks like there there were like it became about like the beats and stuff and more of and and, and sound and it, you, you know, like noise uh, just like like how loud and and distorted can we do this as opposed to like what's behind this you know um, just like in the eighties how all the hair metal bands had their power ballads they all had their kind of ballad you know like we mentioned stains <laughs> yeah. and then puddle of mud has had theirs and then wait like, what was uh, theirs sing it oh, I, I don't <laughs> no because I know I, I know that it exists I can't think of it right now I just you, remember it was on the radio everywhere. you guys have heard the the creed overlay right of the of the two oh. songs that are oh, no. the, oh my god i'll find that for you you should you should you should like go back and edit this into the podcast because yeah. i swear to god sarah's going to yeah, there, that means i'm gonna have to listen to it <laughs> no it's actually it's the only creed that's worth listening to because it's they take um what this is how you remind me and then one of the other songs and they play them like one through the left channel, one through the right channel, and they are not only in the exact same meter and beat. <sighs> they are not only in the exact same key. They they like harmonize or or are in lockstep with one another. And it's even the like drum doubled. fills and like and then like the bridge, like it, 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 they're the same song. Oh they're the exact God. same song. It's incredible. It's that's amazing. I, I think if you <laughs> I think if you Google Creed sucks uh, overlay <laughs> or something, you'll find it. I mean, if you Google Creed sucks, you're just going to get like right. so much. Right. Hey, everyone. Future Sarah here with a little correction. So we did a little bit of research and it turns out that the video of the overlay of Creed songs that Noah was thinking of was actually an overlay of Nickelback songs, which is even funnier that uh, Noah confused Creed for Nickelback. So we're actually going to play this here. Um, just remember, it's not Creed. It's Nickelback. It's all the same. It doesn't matter. Here you go. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Just see the signs that we missed. I tried to turn the table. This is where I grew up. I think the president ought to fix it up. I never. 
But it's yeah, it's fantastic. Somebody did that back. That was like it was like a college thing that we found and you know passed around. But it was, it really drove the point home of how simplistic sort of the songwriting was. That's amazing. Yeah, we're gonna find that and hopefully we've already put it in. I know Sarah's gonna send it to me and I'm like, oh, why are you making me listen? To me? <laughs> uh, well, what's like the last Weezer album that you think you've heard? Mm. So I, I have a, a memory of listening to the Green album uh, for a very specific one, which was. Um, that year after college, uh, I went back. I was working in the Bay Area as a DJ, and then I it was all like nights and overnights. And I was like, I'm 23 years old, and if I keep doing this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. Like I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I don't. I have no social life, and I'm broke. Yeah, I want and, to you go know. do something. <laughs> yeah. So I, I quit, and, and I was working at a summer camp that summer, and um, I had these like uh, middle schoolers who were like like oh my god you were a radio dj live 105 like you were the coolest person ever and so they would like bring me songs and stuff and I, we, we were going to an a's game an oakland a's game and we were on the on the train on the bar train uh going down and i remember they're like listen to this this is like weezer the new weezer album i'm like weezer has a new album and i remember i remember listening and just kind of thinking like yeah that's weezer like for sure uh and it just it just kind of felt like a like a like a sketch without color, you know, like, mm. like it, it was, it had all the components there, but it, there was I, just no, it just kind of, I, I don't know. It was just, it just felt like, like incomplete. Mm. Um, I, I bet that wasn't even green. Cause I bet it was like make believe or something. Cause no, what, what, what it, year do you think? It was, it was because I specifically remember that, that it was, that I, that it was the green album because okay. it was the songs on the green album. And I, I mm. maybe I just hadn't heard it before, you yeah. know, until that point, which is entirely possible. Um, mm. But I, I just remember being like, huh. Yeah, that's interesting. That's true. It, it is like all the things that make up a Weezer song. But again, it's like somebody like Rivers being like, hey, what makes up a good Weezer song? It's this and this and this and this. We're going to put all these together. It's like too not organic. What is the word? It's like mathematic. Yeah, it's formulaic, right? Yes, yeah. formulaic. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and everything's too perfect sounding. Like, yeah. Well, it's all kind no of felt like like that mistakes. since then. And in the sense that like and the, the, the songs I've heard along the way, like I've not sat down and like just yeah. streamlined albums, but like I've heard songs along the way. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like it feels like, I mean, listen, every band should grow and should and should progress <laughs> and move into new stuff. But it doesn't feel like growth. It feels like like the opposite of that. It feels like like stripping back and back and back from like what should be experimentation, I guess, and into just like this is what works and sells music mm-hmm. and like the first time feels like summer came on the radio here a couple oh. of years ago i was like who the hell is this and like i'm i, I, I was stunned when they said it was weezer I, I, I would have had no idea that that was weezer yeah i think i've heard that song matt have you heard that song I yeah I'm sure just from listening yeah from listening to so much Weezer since we started this stupid podcast <laughs> when, when I go on runs I started just putting a Weezer playlist on just because I'm oh. like just because 
Yeah. I mean, just like put all of the Weezer songs and ha- about half of them. I'm like, I have no idea what the heck this is. Yeah. It's, no, I think I've heard that yeah. song, and it also didn't sound like them. It sounded like them trying to be someone else. Yeah, but I don't well, know who. Well, I I played it for my wife because we were like, what? Like, like I was like, you I, you will not believe this song. Like, I have to play this song for you. She's not as like she didn't grow up with the Blue Album, but like she knows what Weezer like what old Weezer yeah. sounds like. And she was like, I mean, that's like it sounds like a like a pop band, like mm-hmm. not like a not like a pop rock band, like a straight pop like band. A, and we, we, we've, he's gotten into like this weird dance pop stuff a lot lately yeah we've kind of settled on that it sounds like cake by the ocean that that's <laughs> that is basically what it sounds like like i mean that's it's it follows the same beats it has like the weird falsetto and like it just it's i don't know it's it does it's it's a completely different genre of music yeah it seems like they're always doing different genres or to, to me it sounds like I mean, I don't know, because, again, I, I haven't listened to a lot of the albums, and I definitely didn't listen when they were out. But to me, they sound like bands that were around. Like, I feel like there are some songs, there was some album that uh, of Weezer's that sounded kind of like Vampire Weekend or something back when Vampire Weekend was around. Well, they're probably still around. Yeah, but, they just came out with a new album. <laughs> oh, but there was a time when they were, like, Which I everywhere. Heard. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, I know. Oxford comma. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Um, what's also funny that you mentioned in your article that I didn't realize, um, as my cat meows in the background, uh, is that at the time that the Blue Album came out, a lot of critics kind of thought it was a fun album. Like you have this quote, um, Billboard called it full of humorous and fun lyrics about simple things in life, like beer on Say It Ain't So and Jealousy <laughs> on No One Else. But like, yeah, it's just I, so funny that they like the totally missed so the mark. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like so bad, like so bad. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the one to say it ain't so. Like that's clearly a very angsty song. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah. even like the like the title. Like you would think, oh, that's not a happy title, probably, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I I found that while I was researching that article, and I was like, oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe that somebody wrote this up at Billboard. Like, yeah, just, and it's like somebody whose job it is to write about stuff, and they got it so wrong. It's like all you have to do is listen to the lyrics, right? And understand them (laughs) and like and there are other bands that do a good job of like using you know sort of more upbeat sounds to cover up the fact that like they're talking about really you know serious stuff and like it it's it there they were hardly like the first i think to do that but like maybe yeah it was just such a change from everything else in 1994 alternative rock that they just like didn't bother to read you know the 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 liner notes or i don't know but like how you mentioned that uh again going back to it was right after grunge it's like you know you're going through this unrelenting you know sonically like kind of driving low music like pearl jam or mud honey or something and then all of a sudden you're like oh we got weezer this sound you know buddy holly that sounds like a happy song look at that music video it's funny too yeah the video probably played played a big part in that um because even I think it was only recently that I even found out what buddy holly was about because I never I never thought buddy holly was a a sad song and it's still i don't think it really is but uh but finding out what it's about it's like oh that's not a happy song i guess no i mean really not much on that album is happy you know yeah. ultimately which is kind of funny because it, it is such an upbeat like uh sing-alongy kind of kind of album well it's interesting because i think the blue album is like i i do think it has this this you know undercurrent of like feeling alone or 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 whatever but it's you know you you have a song like in the garage where it's like oh i'm alone but it's okay because i'm you know 
I have all guitar. these other things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Pinkerton is like, I'm alone and I'm really depressed about it. <laughs> right. So I do think there is a difference between those two. Like I'm alone and my leg's same. broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just want to go back to having sex with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't want to now. What do you want, Rivers? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, the, that's, yeah. How I, yeah, that's how I think Pinkerton is. Just, I want to have sex. No, just kidding. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I just I always find it so interesting like even though like like we're talking about I mean the the songs are you know a lot of them are are especially the the singles really about painful things and and they're kind of dark but like I I was at a one of my friends graduated from law school a couple of years ago in, in in DC and we're at a bar and the uh, bartender hands over like they've had got like the, you know the room like rented out hands over like the jukebox controls it's like a remote control and it's like oh play whatever you want mm-hmm. which is like awesome and then horrifying because you're like oh god like (laughs) what are you supposed to play and and you know we're sitting there and he's there's like people of different generations and you're not just gonna sublime well right like you're like you're like oh god like what do you like how do you even start this like without thinking about like what is a playlist that everybody can get on board with and literally i turned him and i said well start with say it ain't so and then go from there like like plug that in because everybody loves that song and people will sing along and be happy about it and you can put on whatever else you want after that but like like that was just my first instinct was like hey here's a song that everybody enjoys you know I did something a little bit different. Uh, So I worked at Tower Records um, not in Santa Barbara or anything but uh, up in Davis, California. Did we have Uh, one in Santa Barbara? Oh I don't even know. Oh I'm not sure. I don't. I, maybe not. But uh, up in Davis, where I, where my parents were living, uh, after my freshman year of college, I went home and I worked at Tower for a couple months. And they were like, "Oh, you can bring in like an album to to play in the store. Like we have all these like you know sample CDs and stuff, and we play these. But if you want to bring something in, you can." And I brought in Pinkerton, <laughs> but it was it's like if you want people to buy stuff in your store, or whatever, you don't play Pinkerton. It makes them depressed. But I played that album in the store and I was like walking around like shelving CDs and stuff and people were like singing along to it and it was so fun and there, it's an there's album some that's upbeat songs on there yeah well they are like I guess it is kind of similar to the blue album that a lot of the songs are very they're so catchy even though they are really sad uh but it was just so nice to hear everyone like singing along to it and it's like it made me so happy even though that album is so sad <laughs> and it does make me feel sad to listen to it <laughs> but it's like I should have chosen the blue album it would have made more sense I think it's more universally loved. Yeah, it's funny because it, like, as we talk about a lot, like it, it never hit number one. Like it never really came close. It mm-hmm. didn't sell, you know. It, like I, I was, I was mentioned live because I'm so surprised that like Lightning Crashes, or was such a huge album that you know people I, know th- one song. Throwing Copper. I, I oh, Throwing I, Copper. I, I own yeah. that album. Yeah. Yeah, everyone owned it. Apparently, it was like very strange sold, like, album eight art, million or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a good album. It, 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 there were a couple of good songs. There were a couple of singles, and, and it was meh. It was decent, but I don't, but definitely pe- don't have it anymore. <laughs> yeah, but people aren't. You know, I don't think people are writing a twenty-five year anniversary of throwing copper. No. Like you wrote twenty-five year anniversary of the Blue Album, or they just did with Hootie and the Blowfish. You know, with their, um, I think it was that twenty. Yeah, it must have been twenty-five years also. That. Uh, the New York Times wrote a 25th and 25th anniversary thing of uh, Hootie and the Blowfish's big album. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I feel like it, it has to do with what, you know, 
what sounds have have lasted and that, that that's where like i mean nobody's making music that sounds like live anymore as far as i know if, if mm. they are we're not listening to it uh yeah. but but there's there are so many things that you can tell have that that sort of influence from from the blue album uh which is why i think it's so strange that like weezer's original new music sounds nothing like weezer but like when when the cover of of africa dropped it was like obviously weezer very very clearly it sounded it sounded like weezer and what i mean by that is it sounded like what weezer used to sound like way back when like original weezer and way more like them than any of their new stuff does uh and it wasn't that much different than the original version of that song i mean it really wasn't they didn't like a lot of covers will you know really spin something in a a new direction it really wasn't any you know fundamentally that much different than the original uh and it was so funny because people reacted so well to it, like broadly, like maybe not like the, you know, pitchfork, but like, like, mm-hmm. like, you yeah. know, it was, it, it was became, like Weezer became relevant again. Right. It, like, like them, which is crazy. Them basically just sounding like themselves again, make, yeah. made them relevant again. Think about well, that. And, and there was the story behind, you know, Hey, this fan, 13 year old fan bullied them into it basically. <laughs> so that like, the all the you know all the music blogs had something to write about and then you know you start getting picked up in you know the mainstream press and everything so it's all of a sudden it's like hey weezer's a thing and we just like guess what we've also recorded 10 other songs right. 10 other cover songs that no one asked for <laughs> right <laughs> that those ones i uh, we, we've talked about the teal album a lot um, yeah and it I, we both are just confused by it, mainly. Yeah. But but you're right. It, it does. I mean, I don't know if I would say it sounds like Weezer so much as it sounds like Rivers. You know, like sure. I don't know that the instrumentation. It sounds like sounds, his voice. It sounds like his voice. Yeah, that's mainly it. And I think the whole rest of it sounds like just the song it was. But uh, but yeah, then you've just got ri- like his voice is so recognizable. But it's like that's the only thing to me that's different about those songs, and it's like the uncanny valley. You know, well, it's, it's karaoke, right? Yeah, yeah we've right. talked. Yeah. yeah, the center of a million. It's do you, do you think Rivers does karaoke, or does he just release the Teal album? <laughs> yeah. He does it and then he releases it as an album. Yeah, like they're, they're like the world's most expensive wedding band. Yeah, yeah. That's well, what it sounds like. It's so funny too because so one of the other bands that I've seen multiple times that I saw fairly recently was when Beck came back through DC. And I hadn't seen him since Santa Barbara. And, you know, he's famous for, for doing covers. But, of course, Beck covers sound nothing like the originals because they sound <laughs> all like Beck, which is a, a sort of a whole different, you know, little slice of, of the musical universe. And, I mean, like, he played a Prince song and he played, you know, he, he just, it's like a different song every night, basically. Um, but then it's got whatever that, like, Beckness is to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he'll just kind of, you know, he'll play eight bars of something and just turn it into something else or whatever. But like, like it, it's not that, you know, it's not that sort of like almost improvisational uh, mixing and, and covering, you know, with, with Weezer. It's the, the, these, these like. It's formulaic. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, a, it's like very produced. Right. Although, I mean, Beck's in his own way is very produced, but. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Produced to be different. Yeah, I mean, and Beck's another another one that you mentioned, and you said he zigs when the culture zags, and he mm. he every, every one of his albums sound completely different from the except, other. Like Mellow Gold sounds nothing like. Well, I was uh, to say, ex- except of course, Sea Change 
yeah. and then and uh, I'm blanking on the second one that I'm, I'm really bad at songs instead of album titles. Yeah. Apparently, no, the, the, well, he released two like really like acoustic like downer breakup albums like 12 years apart and they're basically companion albums but he, mm. he had like three or four albums in the middle in a decade it was it's like i wrote i actually wrote about that show about how like he seems to exist outside of time like he's he's like he opened the show with like three really old songs and it was like you were back in like the mid 90s <laughs> and then went through like all the you know you may played some of the new stuff or whatever but like but then, like, pretty clearly it was like, eh, okay, let's get back to, like, like this weird time warp and we'll, we'll jump, you know, and if he's playing multiple songs from those slower albums, like, you don't know which one is from which album because they, yeah. they seem to exist in this, like, separate churn of his career than everything else. And I don't know. He's, he, he trips me out. I, I can't figure, I can't figure his, his whole well, thing out, but he's fun to I watch. I could tell you the, the sea change ones. Cause we're talking about in college getting an Elliot Smith and stuff. And mm. sea change was a right at that, you know, it came out in 2002 oh, yeah. and right before I went to college and it's like, Hey, guess what? I'm listening to nonstop Elliot Smith, sea change. And um, I couldn't come up with a third one. Iron and wine. <laughs> it's just those Iron and wine. It's like, you know, just all the acoustic sadness I can handle. Mm, Maybe I was depressed. Sad. Yeah, see, I'm pretty sure I was depressed. So, <laughs> but uh, morning, morning phase, morning phase is the, that, that's what it was. It was 12 years okay. after Sea Change. Yeah, he like wanted they even to have, they even have similar names, right? Huh, but, like yeah. similar. Like if yeah. you look at like even like the album art is kind of similar. Like like just it's just his face and like there's some kind of rainbowy colors going on and some soft focus stuff. I mean, it's like he knows <laughs> he knows that it's that it's supposed to be that yeah. so but it's interesting that he can do things like he can change up his sound or whatever or come back to the same sound and it people accept that but weezer it's like i don't know if they're not doing it the right way or if people like weezer fans are just so stubborn they just want the same thing that they always liked and they just don't want him to do anything different but i just think he's gone like he's changed his sound in the wrong ways like it just if it had worked it probably would have been okay like if he'd gone in i don't know what i can't even imagine a world where like you know the red album worked for me (laughs) you know (laughs) well and beck never wanted to be the most famous band in the world the famous Mm -hmm. artist in the world rivers wants to be you know the biggest rock band in the world mm-hmm. which isn't that hard these days it's um, it's it's not great motivation though i mean like it's, no, not, it's not that's not gonna lead you to good art you know that's mm-hmm. i i, we've I seen, it, yeah we've seen what it leads to <laughs> I, I, I mean I, like the, the white I mean, the, the white album pacific daydream weren't terrible i like they were fine but you know like everyone says it's not the blue album it's definitely not anything close to that or pinkerton yeah and i keep saying like it doesn't have to be because like you know just to bring up jimmy Eat world again like i really love their old stuff but i can listen to their new their like really new stuff and it's different but it's still them it like it's still from the same planet <laughs> i think that's what yeah. i want is like i want it to sound like it's from the same band even if they've grown and changed and you just don't i mean you don't have that with with weezer yeah i'm, I'm fine with weezer doing something different i really liked um because i think i did listen to was it the white album is that the one that has um California kids. Yeah. Or, or I all like the, that song. All the songs have girls in the title. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I, I like that song. I listened to that song a whole bunch and I, like over and over and I was like, oh, this is actually a good song. It's different, but I, you know, I'm not yeah. against different. It just hasn't always worked. 
I remember a story, uh, and I don't remember what year this would have been, but it, I remember hearing it sometime when I was working in, in radio and modern rock radio. And uh, <clears throat> it was about how, like, they were they were interviewing him about his, like, process. And yeah. he was like, and he was like, oh, yeah. He was like, I write a song every single day. And I was like, oh, that's not good. But I, like most of those songs have to be terrible. Like, <laughs> like that's not how it works. You don't just wake up and write a song. Like I, I've written music and like, that is like you, it, it, you gotta be in the right mode for it. And if you force it, it's going to be bad. And you know, it's, it's just like, I was like, that is, that is a very strange process towards, you know, developing whatever you're going to de- develop instead of trying to take little bits of inspiration that, you know, organically as they come. Yeah. So I, I've, Told this to him, I think all three of our guests now. Have Have you listened to the uh, song Exploder with um, episode with Rivers? Uh, no, I don't think so. It so song. Uh, do you know what Song Exploder is? Uh, no. Okay, so it's a podcast where like it's like a twenty minute long podcast, and a, an artist breaks down how they wrote a song, and uh, it's it's really cool because they have all the stems for the songs and everything, and they can say, hey, this is like the demo tape and whatever. And, and uh, it's really well produced and well done. They think like one a month comes out or something, but you know, most of them are pretty straightforward. And then you get to the rivers one and <laughs> he's talking about how he has like these spreadsheets that he like has <laughs> lyrics for, where the emphasis on each one, how many syllables, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. You, you have to listen to that or listen to like, you know, another, they probably have a national song on there. I bet like, uh, listen to one of those and then listen to rivers <laughs> describing his song. Right. And just do it. Yeah. They're, well, they're 20 minute episodes and they're, per, they're great. And rivers one is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, they, they, they kind of sounds like this thought that I had, which is, you know, from, from my world now where I'm covering sports and, and like esports has made its way into sports and like, yeah. like esports, I, I still have a hard time like grasping, but like, like basically these communities just like spring up around these games and, and it, it, out of nowhere become incredibly popular very, very quickly. And there's no infrastructure for them and people are trying to take advantage of all this. And now there's like on the sports side, like the, the pro sports leagues that have games like NBA 2K are trying to yeah. like reverse engineer the community by like yeah. dumping all this money into it and like hey we're gonna have pro players and this and that but like hey we're paying our pro players more than we're paying our minor league yeah, basketball players right, right. but it, and like but there's this whole sort of like like oh we're gonna we're gonna like esports everybody loves esports so we're gonna tap into this community and it's like well that's not quite how this works. Like you have to like start from something from some inspiration and everybody has to, to like, like it. And then it has to grow out of that. And that's where the community is formed. And like, then it, it builds off of that. You can't start at the top with these sort of, sort of, you know, structure, the sort of like, 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 uh, 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 scaffolding of, of what it's going to look like and then build back down into the roots. Like it's, I, I don't know. It's it, to me, that's kind of, it's, it's an imperfect analogy, but it's sort of how, how I feel like, like, like how these songs have been crafted is, is, is without the soul, you know, it just, just all the, all the pieces. And then, and then like, Oh, that's well we're done. Right. That's, that's a song now. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, having your end goal, first like this is what i want the song to be and working backwards instead right. of like creating it it's, it's like it's when using, uh it's, it's using like, when, like a boy band formula for yeah. for rock music which right. doesn't work right 
Yeah. Or it's like when corporations try to make memes on Twitter. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, no, you can't do that. It has to just happen. <laughs> no, don't make a 9-11 meme. Don't. Oh, it's no. bad. Did someone? Did someone? Wait, who did that? Oh, I'm sure. It, it's There's like a famous like SpaghettiOs one. Yeah, the SpaghettiOs oh. with, with, with the flag. Yeah, yeah he's God. like... has. The spaghetti always his hand over his heart. It's like it's oh, like no. Memorial Day, I think. I want to say. I think it was nine eleven. It was it like was a it few 9/11? years ago. Oh God! Oh, God. But was, yeah, so it was one of it was one of the days where spaghetti shouldn't be voicing <laughs> yeah. any opinion. Yeah, of maybe any they kind. just shouldn't tweet at all on that day. Yeah. Say, so, yeah, oh, spaghetti uh, Yeah, it was. Lord. Yeah, nine eleven. <laughs> okay. His hand wasn't over where his heart would be. He's just holding a flag. So. Oh Jesus. And he's a spaghetti Yes. Yeah. Oh. With arms. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. It was uh, for Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that's right. What? That's right. That's, yeah, <laughs> that is definitely what it was. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know why, but that even though that was longer ago, that it's feels even more worse. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy crap. Okay. Um, anyway, well, I, I actually... <laughs> How do we get there? Towards the end of our episode, I do have a Rivers tweet, but unless, you know, if there's something else you, you want to mention about Weezer before... We do Rivers tweets. No, I'm. I, I've been talking about <laughs> you're, just, you're just still looking at that uh, <laughs> at that SpaghettiOs art, aren't you? <laughs> I, I was just thinking. I've been talking about Weezer for 13 episodes. I'm not sure if I have anything new. Uh oh, <laughs> SpaghettiOs. Well, so yeah, well, we we do a feature at the end where yeah. uh, we go through Rivers tweets because I don't know if you've seen his Twitter. Uh, it's in, no, I avoid it, I avoid he, accounts that I think might be problematic generally. That's probably good. <laughs> but we he just, just like tweets like crazy non sequiturs. <laughs> so uh, and yeah, whatever. So we so Sarah will find some and then uh, read them to us, and yeah. we just kind of react like, "What the heck." That's me. That's me. Give it away. Okay. Well, so I wasn't sure what, um, because usually we try to read tweets that are kind of on theme for the episode. And I wasn't really sure what to look up, but I was like, oh, we both went to Santa Barbara. Maybe I'll look up like, well, there's not, he didn't ever tweet about Santa Barbara, but I was like, oh, maybe he has some things about the beach. Uh, And I found, well, let me, let me find one that's not as weird. And then we'll get to one that's like kind of weird. I I Um, I imagine him at the beach. Like, did you guys see her? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like when he when he takes the earpiece like like to the beat. That's like that's, that's all I can see now is Joaquin Phoenix and yeah. oh my god, yeah, just like high waisted pants, mm-hmm. right at the beach. Yeah. Um, well, this one from August seventeenth, twenty ten, or is that how that works? Oh yeah, yeah. I can't tell where whether the date, the day is first or the year. Anyway. Well. Okay. I guess yeah, that makes sense. Um, I want to go to the beach, but stingrays freak me out. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's true. That is a, are there stingrays in the Pacific? I, I don't, don't know think so. Uh, I'm fairly certain they're tropical you know, fish. Also, he could have been talking about the Atlantic. I don't know where he was. Yeah. Well, who knows if this is even his tweet? Like, I some of these, I'm like, I don't think he wrote these tweets. Um, oh no. But yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm not so much scared of stingrays because yeah, I don't think they are out or they're not. They don't come like inland as much or they don't come inland at all but um but jellyfish for sure freak me out so my cousin my cousin got stung by a a bad nasty jellyfish uh, down in mexico and had to do the whole like pee on the leg thing and the whole like yeah it was a whole thing so okay and then um i have a couple more uh one this one's actually just kind of sweet and normal which is in itself weird you know uh so june 8th 2017 leo walked with me to the beach that's all it's it is. Kid. Leo's his kid. Yeah. It's like, or oh, it could he be definitely... Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> so, high probability that he wrote this tweet. Um, 
it's pretty normal and i don't know what to think of that like all right it took him seven years and or a child to get over his fear of rays yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then or or he has his kid to like put in front of the ray between him and the ray (laughs) and then this last one isn't really about the beach but it came up when i searched beach on his twitter and it's just kind of perplexing because it's not um i'll just say it's not a reply to anyone's tweet though it looks like it is so it says, uh, it's from October 12th, 2009. It's kind of an old one. Yes, exclamation point. At Katy Perry. I guess I just wasn't made for these times. Gah, I love the Beach Boys, especially Pet Sounds. Some records never get old. <laughs> Let me read this one more time so you can just take it all in. Yes, at Katy Perry. I guess I just wasn't made for these times. Gah, I love the Beach Boys, especially Pet Sounds. Some records never get old. Now, most of that makes sense because it's all about the Beach Boys, but the random at Katy Perry, very interesting. I don't know what she tweeted because it's not a reply to hers. There's no reply when I click on it. Um, but he's having some conversation with Katy Perry about the Beach Boys, and I, I want to know what it was, and I can't f- I can't figure it out. Because she had that song California Girls, right? Yes. And isn't that a Beach Boys song? What? <laughs> oh, wait, the Beach Boys sued her. Oh no, they didn't. Really? They decided not to sue her. Oh, but it was it was a a Beach Boys song. Uh, you should <laughs> you should do a, a Twitter search of any time she has mentioned him and see if you see Ooh. if you can backtrack and figure oh. out if like this is an actual conversation or if it's is just any- happening in his brain. You know? Oh my God! So, yes. So what From, happened was it in yeah. Katy Perry's song California Girls? That's the one with Snoop Dogg on it. And he, he says, I really wish you could all be California girls. And the Beach Boys said, hey, that's just like our song where it says, yeah. I wish they could all be California mm-hmm. girls. They decided not to sue. Interesting. Okay. I, oh my God. Okay. So I searched Katy Perry's tweets for Rivers Cuomo, which is his handle. I did not find a conversation between them, except I found two things from Katy Perry. One, <laughs> one is from December 8th, 2009. And this is a response to someone, but I can't find the original tweet. And she says, yeah, me too. Feel better, friend. RT at... So it's a retweet of someone named Greg Wells who said, hoping Rivers Cuomo is okay. What? What year was that? 2009. Huh. So yeah, somebody else said, hoping Rivers Cuomo is okay. And she said, yeah, me too. Feel better, friend. And then this uh, the only other Rivers tweet... Uh, or tweet about Rivers from Katy Perry is I'm sitting in a room with Kathy Dennis, Rivers Cuomo, and Greg Wells, and the dog is farting up a storm. I'm so embarrassed for them. That's it. So apparently they've been in the same room before with a farting dog. I now want to know how in 2009 Rivers 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 Cuomo hospitalized following bus accident. You oh my that? god. Ah, uh, I don't really remember that. Yeah, so that's when it happened. He, huh. Well, yeah, and Katy Perry was friends with him around that time. I don't know if she still is, but uh, yeah, she wished him well. So, so I think that's been a, a successful edition of Rivers tweets that kind of led <laughs> into Katy Perry. We tweets. learned something today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We learned we learned about another Rivers injury that we did not know about <laughs> yeah. ten years ago. Well, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Thank you for being on. This yeah. was so great. Yeah, yeah. And thanks I, for rescheduling. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I, I, I was going to say, we. Uh, I, I have a friend out here who um, we are working on recording and we have not yet launched because we still have episodes in the in the tank and we're trying to get, get enough of a 
kind of a, a backlog before we, we go live with uh, our own podcast, uh, which one, uh, if, if it's okay, if I can plug yes, it. No, no, we're going to ask you to plug yeah. stuff. So. And, and two, and two, if, uh, uh, if you, if it appeals to you and you have an idea and you would like to guest on it, uh, I will explain the format in a moment. Yes. Uh, so the podcast is called, I think I like this movie. Uh, <laughs> the, the handle is at like this movie on Twitter. Um, and we, Basically, every episode, the two of us and a guest, uh, we rewatch a movie that is at least 10 years old and that we have not seen in at least 10 years. Ooh. And nice. it, it's not a classic movie that we know we like, and it's not a terrible movie that we know is bad. It's a movie that we thought that we liked at the time, but we're not maybe sure if we would still like it. Oh, you're not sure if it holds I, up, yeah. I literally had one of those thoughts today because somebody was... T- about the Jason State, did you see the Jason Statham video of him kicking the bottle cap off the bottle? Wait, that's him? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that's like some random what. Asian guy, isn't it? I thought, <laughs> I thought I didn't think it was him. Maybe, I, I think like he did it also. Oh, and it's, it's probably fake. But and then I, I I was thinking when I was a kid, Snatch was like my favorite movie oh, when yeah. I was a teen, and I was like, oh, I bet that doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was like, I remember that from like freshman year of college. That was that was an excellent college movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, right. There's I mean, this it lends itself to comedies and to. Uh, uh, so not like Schindler's List, which, yeah, yeah, right. Well, and like sci-fi, like ten. Th- those are yeah. those are good ones because they. What's funny in nineteen ninety whatever or eighty whatever, and what we think the future is going to be like in in those years is like so hilariously different than what you know we think it is now. Uh, and so we've got a, a few, like I said, a few episodes already in there. But the idea is that between the two hosts and the guest at least one but not all three people have seen the movie in the past yeah. one or two of the three people have seen it and one or two have not seen it so that you oh. get you get a fresh perspective and and a rehashed perspective and then you know two of one or the other so that um, sounds so fun <laughs> it's it's good we've done we've done a couple weird ones we started with demolition man and uh that's episode one and that's just just me and will and then uh my college roommate came in to do big trouble which is a movie that if you have not seen uh big trouble in little china or no different one oh wow it's it's uh i'll let you listen to the to the episode (laughs) yeah yeah i'll have to listen it is an educational experience and man (laughs) it is uh it's a whole thing about like wow i can't believe that actually happened and uh but yeah i can believe it actually happened so um yeah, so if you're if you if you have a, a movie that you think you like, uh, we have openings Ooh, in the near I'll have future. To give that some thought. I'm thinking of like animated films from my childhood, but I'm I have a, a podcast about animated films, and it's like yeah, some of those I haven't seen in a while, and they sadly don't hold up, but some of them do. Right. You never know. You yeah. Never know. Well, what's what's the name of that podcast? <laughs> the Bluth, the whole Bluth, and nothing but the Bluth. It's about Don Bluth animated films. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Thank you. Thought it was an Arrested Development podcast. I know, right? <laughs> we make an Arrested Development joke on mm, every other episode. I would say. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, we we have a uh, my one self indulgent thing is it's funny because we're talking about UCSB so much is I do Gaucho Watch, which is oh. I I try to figure out if somebody from Santa Barbara is in the film somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so we, 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 we had a positive gaucho watch because Benjamin Bratt is in Demolition Man for episode one. Oh, uh, he went to UCSB? Yes, he did. I didn't know that. Huh. <laughs> uh, so it's my, my like 40 seconds of di- digression each episode to just <laughs> completely, you know. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. You know, 
it's fun. Yeah. Anywhere else people can like follow you or yeah, Instagram, I mean, if, Twitter. If you want like a bunch of tweets about Washington DC sports, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm at Noah Frank WTOP on Twitter. Um, and you can find us online. I'm I mostly write about sports. I occasionally write about not sports, but uh but ninety five percent of what I do is about sports. So uh if that's your thing, then uh you know, you follow me. I think, Matt, you should plug your stuff now because you're always like, if you want to hear about New Mexico politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to hear about New Mexico politics, you can go to FBI Huff on Twitter, FBI Huff on Instagram where I post all my baseball caps where I realize I spent way too much on them last month. <laughs> and uh, that's about it for me. Um, I do want to say Anthony Rendon's finally an all-star. I, it's been way too long. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. I, 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 the thing is, having having worked for the Nats, like, like when you work for a team, yeah, there, it's man, it's crazy. It's like being a roadie, you know. I mean, like you're you're like so absorbed in every single thing that's going on to where like you like block out the outside world in a weird way, and like yeah. you're not very fun to be around. I realized after I was no longer working in baseball <laughs> with my friends who still were, uh, but yeah, like I, I am not emotionally invested at all in Washington DC sports. And and I'm like, I'm like the only guy who, who covers DC sports who isn't, yeah. this town is so bizarre everyone grew up here like who like covers sports here and they're all like they live and die with like the teams and i'm like you know we're professionals right like this isn't <laughs> like like i don't know it's it, like like you're, if you're not a blogger that feels like not how you should be you know covering the teams and i kind of appreciate the fact that all my teams are california teams i, mean, I grew up mm. with all, all oakland teams and so like that's those are teams I still care about and like I'll fire off random warriors or A's tweets or something you know every now and again but like uh yeah it's 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 a very odd landscape out here so like I feel good for Anthony Rendon like yeah he deserves it but like I don't I don't personally care you know either <laughs> yeah. way like cool uh ju- justice i suppose and uh the, the great thing is i realized when i said that that this podcast comes out like two weeks after the all-star game already right. happened right <laughs> and, yeah, sorry he's he's still gonna be an all-star forever now it's, it's, it is yeah. it is on his permanent record uh sarah anything else for you to promote like your other podcasts um, yeah, just Instagram at Sarah Iyer, Twitter at Sarah and Julie Iyer. Uh, I talk about cats on the Percast. So check that out. That's my only other podcast. I only have three podcasts. Uh, so if you want to email us, we're at, uh, what is it? WeezerTurnPod at gmail.com. Yeah, WeezerTurnPod at gmail.com. You can follow day. us. Follow us at WeezerPod on Instagram, <laughs> on Twitter, on Facebook. And um, Noah, thanks again for coming on yeah, and talking thank you. about yeah. some good mid-90s music with us. Thanks for having me. And we, again, forgot a way to end this. so um, We'll, uh, we'll guess, just play uh, a Jack Johnson song here. Yep, here we go. No, no, you will play the Creed overlay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, what have we done? Bye. Bye.